Hmm. Just go into it? No, that isn't what I should do. I shouldn't just go into a podcast, even though I should. I mean, I can't find the, the piece of paper anyways. How silly uh, would it be for me just to go straight to a podcast from a phone call? So what I was just testing is to see if uh, I could have, you know, people call in, if I can just call up my friends and ask them to talk to me for an hour about their experiences on the Ink Master, and then you get two of us idiots, you know, talking memories. And um, and I also, yesterday I made this. I, I got to tell you, this podcast I made yesterday, man, that was so awesome. Like, it was, like, there's genius, and then there's what I did. And, okay, it didn't reach genius, but it was still pretty close. <laughs> no, it was so good. It was a good podcast. Only problem was I didn't have the microphone in my stupid face in the right spot. So I think I got half an hour of it where you can't hear a word I'm saying. Anyways, so we were going to go over it today, and I had a little legal pad of some questions that people wrote in and wanted me to expand upon. And uh, that wanted to know more about. And I can't uh, find that legal pad. But it's not like it was so hard. Like, I got a memory. Some of it's left. Uh, I smoked the rest of it away. One of these days, I want to tell you how I got into tattoos. Because uh, <laughs> that will be fun. Um, there's, like, the way that I can tell the kids in the high school. And then there's the truth. <laughs> And uh, I think I could say the truth here, you know. It might stop, it might stop me from appearing at uh, work day for the art class. Uh, but Mr. Lilly hasn't, he's no longer teaching art class. And I do want to talk about Mr. Lilly. I want to talk a little bit more about how I got into art and some influential people on my life and why they were influential to me. And there's a funny story uh, involved with it, kind of, I think. I don't know. You probably, most people laugh at my expense. So if there's something at my expense, usually people will find it humorous. My son certainly does. Uh, it, anyways, uh, I also want to talk about the Ink Master a bit. Ink Master, uh, in particular, uh, Scott's um, lack of originality tainting his win. I think that was how the question was worded. Uh, I don't know if it tainted his win, but perhaps moreover makes him an awesome person or awesome tattoo artist. Like, because that, that's, that was one of his biggest secrets was not having to stress throughout it. So all these tattoos, he's got a very easy blueprint that he didn't have to create. He didn't have to think about the background and uh, he, he didn't, he didn't, they weren't like, I don't believe they were copyrighted to the extent that uh, anybody could get sued, or they would have been sued, generally. I believe there was two Ink Masters that were sued for images. They used Jamie Davies and I believe Shane O'Neill. So, um, and I don't know that that's fact. It's just uh, what I've heard. I, I'm pretty positive Jamie Davies did, because I've talked with the girl who, uh, who, who sued him and she's pretty happy that she sued him she's like fuck that show and all this shit god bless her for it i like her she did uh she did she had a certain kind of i don't know if it was her if she actually copyrighted it but she had this image 
uh, in this way of drawing that she would do in a very unique way. And he took that image and made a tattoo out of it on the show. And then, you know, they used it to advertise and stuff. That's why when we get on the show, they own everything we do on there. Like, I don't, I can't make t-shirts of that without, I could, right? But they could come at me and be like, all right, that's cool. We're glad you've been making these t-shirts for two and a half years because we want all the profits. <laughs> you know, they, they, they could even possibly take more. They could imagine profits, I think, at that point and sue up to amount in the amount of $2 million, I believe is. Most of us signed a contract, I believe it was for like $2 million, that if you fuck up, they can get you for it. But uh, also most of us signed it like, you know, you you can't squeeze blood from a rock. What you going to do? I think we got $2 million. But I think that covers their ass on a lot of different, you know, venues. And they might not sue you for $2 million, but they might get you for 150000 or some shit. Um, there, there's a whole legal world about Ink Master. I, I, let me finish this talking about Scott and, and his lacquer of originality. Tattoos lack originality, you know? I'm at, so I, I don't know. It, it, the show was made to entertain, and that's what I've come to accept. <laughs> the only way for me not to get angry, like, you, and I mean, you watch the show, I should probably be the person champion being angry at it. I don't anymore because I just want to understand it, you know. I already lost my chance at a hundred thousand dollars. I couldn't save the Brady the Brady Bunch house, you know. The Civic Center was lost. My whole hopes and dreams of that storyline being one that they wanted wasn't. It was too depressing. <laughs> it was too depressing for him to have a story. They they tell me I was, like it's dep- you're depressing. I, not that I, I wasn't putting it out there either. Like, hey, you're going for this foreclosure, foreclosure, and all that, and you could really use a hundred thousand. But also, I didn't think I deserved winning. I was pretty sure that I would only finish somewhere in the middle, you know. And I, I the first season, Craig should have won. First season I was on, Craig should have won, and I fought that for a while, somewhat, the, the, the in disbelief fought against myself and I, I argued it with the judges we all argued it with the judges and I noticed a lot of people shut up quick I feel like I went on further like I was one that I think it helped Nunez and I be at odds because we had to just come to agree to disagree basically on me saying but it was proportion day it wasn't black and gray you know, and him saying, well, we have challenges coming up that we knew he wouldn't be able to do. And we, we can't tell you why, but we couldn't risk it. And so we were like, well, portraits, is that what you're telling us? You couldn't you couldn't risk him doing a portrait on people. Is this now we're worried about the canvas's skin? So that's what you're worried about, because I have seen that not to be true time after time since, you know, when you talk about X-Men. I mean, who, who, who else was going to win on X-Men Day? Of course, it was going to be Wolverine. They gave two Wolverines. There's no way that throughout the whole competition, imagine if you had two of the best thing. Like, hey, who do you want to do a tattoo of? You have to, you, you, the tattoo may win you $100,000. Um, you have to do it of the X-Men. <laughs> Which X-Men do you want to do? Oh, Xavier, obviously. No, no. You know, there's one that you want to do. It's Wolverine. I mean, there's no one else. Like, come on. It, so, of course, there's two of them. That guarantees that one of them is going to be done by someone good. Do you follow me? That guarantees that when Hugh Jackman comes out on his press junket, 
that he is being paid handsomely for and that we waited two to three weeks before he even showed up. I wasn't there, you notice. I had already gotten kicked off. When Hugh Jackman showed up for like episode four or five when we did all them nasty portraits that they weren't worried about the canvases getting nasty portraits. Didn't Roland get to do one? I, I love Roland, but he didn't deserve doing a... Uh, he shouldn't have been doing a portrait. Deserve. He deserved what anybody lets him do. Fucking canvases got what they deserved. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't feel bad for him. That's a question that I get asked. Do you feel bad? No. You know, these guys were there for their own reasons. If it wasn't to get a free tattoo and they were willing to do enough work that they could have just paid for it, honestly, like it, it doesn't make sense <laughs> because of all the things that they had to show up for testing, waiting on, you know what I mean? They had to do video uh, stuff. They had to sign legal. I don't know if they had to get psychiatric evaluations like we did, but they had to go through hoops guaranteed, right? And, and th then they have to wait and to even be picked. And all of that, just to be on the show, doesn't mean that um, it, it, you get a good tattoo. So I, I feel like it's a stupid, you know, endeavor in the first place. But it uh, it's one that they all took, I guess, thankfully, huh? Because then we were there. I, I have a certain respect to anybody getting a tattoo from me. So I don't want that to sound like I'm just like, yeah, fuck every one of these guys. I didn't, sh I didn't care if I fucked up a tattoo. The hard part was aligning all your interests because the reason they're there is to be stars. Okay. And that's not true. Okay. Cause some of them are just there to get a free tattoo and they're all right, but they're often idiots too. You know, I mean, we're all idiots when we're given too much control over our, our art <laughs> you know, and we don't do art, <laughs> you're going to fuck that art up. I mean, I, that one of the number one things I have to do for novice, uh, this is a question I get asked. So for virgin tattoo, if you're thinking about getting tattooed, uh, don't over control it. You over control the, the process of picking the artist. Okay. That's what you are meticulous about. Study it. Don't just go to the guy down the street, you know? He might not do what you need, what you want, what you're going to feel best about. And this matters because, you know, the, what we're creating is conversations, feng shui for the body for the rest of your life, you know. So, like, you got to have these things right. And I do owe a certain respect to anybody that allows me to tattoo them. But I have no control over anybody that allows someone else to tattoo them, you know. And I have no responsibilities on those canvas people that come in that want to be actors, models, stars. I tattooed a model, uh, Joe. Uh, he's a good kid. Um, he, he might even be listening now. But uh, he wanted to be something. I know this. Like they dangled the carrot and you could tell. And at one point, he wants to fight with me in a jail cell. My first day there, and he wants to fight with me in a jail cell. You know, it's going through my mind. You know, I've been locked up. So I don't, I, I've done a little bit of time. And so I'm, I'm wiping my feet for the kid because he's like, wipe your feet, motherfucker. I'm wiping my feet, and I hear the motherfucker slip out. And I'm like, well, fuck. Why wipe my feet? We don't have respect. I'm showing you respect. Respect's two-way fucking street. Now you're, you're trying, I'm your bitch fuck, I got to walk into this place and try and show this guy I ain't his bitch. I think we're actually going to, we're going to end up fighting. Like the way this is already starting, I'm wiping my feet and knowing, man, this motherfucker, we're going to fight. And they already walked us past each other. And, you know, I'm like trying to make kind eyes at him, you know, because I, I know I'm going to tattoo him. He's in cell 13, ironic, 
like they didn't choose that. Um, and I'm me. <laughs> so like they didn't choose that. Supposedly these things were random. They would tell you this is random. Come on. Why, why, why didn't you have, uh, you know, Hot Rod Alley or Tattoo Baby in with him? You know, because that would be more threatening than random. You know, I mean, that wouldn't be right. Because who he was trying to be. So anyways, I know that, first off, we can't introduce a bloodborne pathogen to a controlled population like that in any state ever. I could be wrong. I mean, it's not like I'm a law dude, right? But I think we can all, just with that thought, we can be like, oh, yeah, they would want to control that, wouldn't they? Quite a bit. And they're not, I mean, are they going to try and quarantine these guys? Possibly they could. They, if they weren't a full jail cell, you know? <laughs> If there was some spot that they had they could use, come on, like, do you know of a not full jail cell, though, in America? Like, it's a, it's one of our chief produces, isn't it, crime? Um, did I say produce? Like, I don't mean that like vegetables. <laughs> At any rate, so I'm like, we know we can't tattoo this guy. And if he did get tattooed, they didn't give it to him because he's like, the biggest dick on the block. They gave it to him because he's been sweeping floors. They gave it to him for, for being good, for going, uh, for not having any violent offenses since he's been in there, for getting no tickets, for flying no kites, you know, for being an all-around good guy. That's why he's getting the opportunity to get tattooed. So why would he be a fucking dick as soon as I see him? So all this is like, I'm in some weird place. You know, I mean, first off, I've already got to get used to being back in a place that I, like, kind of vowed I would never even accidentally find myself in. Like, and not because it, like, was so bad, but just, like, because, like, why? I should make decisions that don't put me there, right? Uh, that's my decision. As an adult, I've decided not to do things that put me there anymore. It hasn't enriched my life. As much as I might have thought any one of those things that I was doing that put me there at those times that I got put there would have, it did not. And so I, I'm, now the choices I make won't put me there. However, now I'm back. I got to get used to that. And this guy's being a dick to me. And, and he's, he's, he's telling me I got three hours, I think, to tattoo him. And I'm like, they're giving me an hour and a half and we're already eating that time up, you know, <laughs> like... I, the more we do things like, nah, I'm giving you three hours. This is my, my cell, man. This is my block. I own this shit. This is what you got. You got, you got three hours. Don't even worry about it, man. You do this full ass samurai. I'm like, maybe we could get by with the samurai head, man, but we got to get started on it now. We ain't doing no stupid ass samurai head. And I'm like, dude, well, it could be cool. Cause it, listen, man, we ain't, and he's cutting me off and he's fucking giving me no respect. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Fuck it. I bow up with the kid. Right. This is actually they didn't actually pull us out in front. Now I think about it because this was our very first meeting. We had to meet somebody. So we really weren't eating into our time to tattoo yet, but it felt like we were. We were supposed to be we were eating into our design time. I believe there was a certain amount of time we had with the client just to do design. So I'm getting no design time. Right. And so he, he's 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 eating into that. And I'm telling him he's he's telling me I got all the time in the world. And this is his jail cell. And then I hear, uh, you know, somebody coming up. And there's been these guards out. Now, the guards looked funny because one of them had a dangling earring like he was straight out of 1985. This guy looked like uh, looked like at one time in his life he might have been he might have been the ultimate warrior. I don't know. The guy looked like he – but he didn't have that hair. He had more – but in, it, it, he, but he was definitely like cop-like, so it wasn't ultimate warrior, right? But he had like this mullet kind of too long for somebody that you would think would be a guard. And he had this dangling 
ass ear. The top was tight, you know, but he had this dangling earring or something. And uh, I was like, how you can't do that as a guy. Well, they must have let him wear it for the day, right? Because he's badged up. And that's like an imposter shit, I think. I don't know. Maybe you can get away with it on some kind of set with some kind of licensing, you know, uh, and clearances. But it, Ink Master wasn't trying to spend any extra money on any extra thing, you know, unless they thought it was going to return them a dividend. So and I don't think they gave a fuck about making. Well, I know in hindsight. OK, they, I guess I'll just reveal. Right. Yeah. They, they weren't guard in the in the reality. They were retired guards and he liked his earrings. So he wore it to show he was cool and he liked his fucking party in the back. So he was like, we're going to party in the back, you know. Um, and and anyway, so I'm thinking the, he's he's one of the guys I seen, one of the bigger guys. I think he's just outside the jail cell. I think he's going to come in, right? He's going to do something because obviously this fucking dude is out of pocket <laughs> and, and they can't have him getting in a fight with me. Can you imagine how that would look on the jail? Imagine that, right? So I'm like, this is, this is getting squashed. Like you're a fucking prisoner. Like that's stupid. You, you can't fucking come at me with this kind of idea of power and it doesn't get squashed. It wasn't him that came in. It was a camera. And I look back and I see the camera and I'm a little surprised no guard and then that guy starts being tough with me again and then he looks at the camera because i'm like more interested in that i i he ain't got my attention any anymore you know like i just i thought we were fighting or something you know and then i look back i see the camera and now i'm just like this weird situation i have no idea what's happening i don't feel like this guy's gonna punch at all and then uh he says what the fuck you doing in here to the camera get the fuck out i said get out like that and when i saw that camera again like kind of settle in and kind of take a knee and focus <laughs> i was like they ain't listening to this bitch this fucking bitch this guy's a fucking bitch he's just being a bitch i don't know why he's being a bitch but he's a bitch seems like he should want to get a good tattoo that's somebody it seems like but he's a bitch fuck him all right he starts saying to me, what are you going to do? And I say, all right, what I'm going to do? And he's got a toothpick in his mouth. And you, I go over some of the rules of fighting, okay? I'm not a good fighter, okay? I am a dirty fighter. I am a very dirty fighter. Uh, I, sh I shouldn't say this because if I fight, I, you already know my shit, but I'm not going to fight with any of you because we love each other. And you know what? I'm not fighting. I'm not fighting anymore. That shit lines me up in jail. When I fight, I've been taught by a police officer who knew combat hapkido. We used to train together. I, I'm actually trained in a combat hapkido now. I think about it. I'm like a blue or a purple belt or some shit. We, I went a decent ways, <laughs> but I don't remember so much of it. So trust me, you're going to beat my ass. What I do remember is you put your hands up and you say, I don't want to fight. Bring your elbows in because you don't want to get caught. Okay. He might be a wrestler. You're, you're studying now and you're looking for different clues. You know what I mean? You're like, what is it? What's going on? And you put your fingers up and you say, I don't want to tell you. And you got a chance right there. If you can get them anywhere close to his eyes, try to be as passive as possible. So he really thinks he ain't about to get poked. Bam! Poke him in the eyes. <laughs> Right? Headbutt that motherfucker and kick him in the nuts. We won. <laughs> now go to your car and drive away. Uh, or run. You know, it's just about making space. So many things are. They gave us a class in biting. I'll give you a real quick tutorial in biting because it's all you really need to know. Don't bite bones. Don't bite big. Don't get blood in your mouth. Biting is to make space. You get in a headlock, you know what's going to get you out of that headlock? I don't see no UFC guys using that one. I don't know why. See, I guess they got a mouthpiece in. I'd spit it out. You ain't going to catch me in a headlock. Try and guillotine me, motherfucker. I'm going to take me some ribs. Get me some short ribs tonight. I'm kidding. Uh, I was watching the fights last night. Did you guys see that? Figaro Marino fight. Oh, man. 
I, I want to see a fourth fight. And my kid, like, oh, my God. And I didn't care about Cyril Gan and Nagagnu or whatever so much. That was kind of a, a boring fight, and I was having technical difficulties, too. So I didn't see the last round where I heard he just laid on him. Maybe he did more, but I don't know. He got too tired. Anyways, enough about fights. Weren't we talking about Scott's lack of originality? <laughs> no, it's fine that he lacked originality. Maybe that isn't your opinion of what an Ink Master is, but in tattoos, what do you guys bring me? Yeah, everybody brings me a picture of a tattoo. It's already done as a tattoo. It could be a picture of a tiger. They're like, I want this. <laughs> like, you couldn't bring me a picture of a tiger? You know? Which, actually, I get it, because you want it to look in that fashion. You want it to be placed in that fashion. Sometimes. Sometimes they bring you a picture of a tiger and be like, but I want, like, more of, like, the whole body or something. And you're like, so just an image of a tiger would work? And then you're like, well, let's search it. And you get on your phone and you search tiger and he gets on his phone and search tattoo tiger. And you're like, why? Why, dude? Because he, want, he wants realism. That's what I should say. Like, that's, that's there's always not, most people, though, they're going to bring you a tattoo already done, Right? on somebody else's skin from Pinterest or something when we're talking about the tattoo. So I don't know that it's so crazy that the tattoo ink master could lack originality. He did it to make it easier while he was in there. He acted. He, he was actually very smart about it. And he confided later. He said, you know, man, when they would come in, I would just chill out. I would just turn my machine down and calm right down and act like I was just going slow. He said, as soon as they leave, I'd turn it up and I'd get to cranking. Oops, I'm pulling out my phone. Maybe I'm gonna break it again. We ain't gonna be this podcast gonna be shit again. <laughs> uh, and 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 then he would get to cranking, you know. But while they were in the room, he wanted to put on the show of, and that's like that's that's actually genius, you know. I mean, I got to give him credit. We we kind of fought a bit. I don't have a whole lot of respect for him as a human being, even though he's passed and all. I guess you're. I don't I don't know. I've never been the guy that's just like just because you're dead. <laughs> You're awesome all of a sudden, you know, like, uh, but uh, I, I feel bad that he's passed for his children and his wife. Uh, I hope they've got an amount of the money and I hope they do well, obviously. I, my, my dad passed and so I share a certain, uh, you know, like I know what that's like to grow up without a dad. It ain't the coolest thing sometimes. But uh, him and I as human beings didn't. I was see I, I he was a conflicted individual um and and I think there were you know that we're in art because of something right we all do it because of something it ain't because everything's working perfectly you know what I mean nobody's like my life is fucking angels and 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 clouds and you know so I decided to be an artist because the world needs more of this I could be wrong maybe they are but they ain't popular. <laughs> they ain't good. They ain't tested. No, I, that That's a theory, okay? It ain't fact. I get it. I work mostly off of theories that are waiting to be proven wrong. But Scott's lack of originality, he actually did use copyrighted material. When you see the guy on the horse, the reason you see that is it's a Getty image. They reconstructed, I believe. I should go back and watch it to be sure. But, but I don't know how they could have not. Because they didn't have a camera up there, right, when when uh, he was walking up. You know what I mean? And so you don't. So if they don't have a guy back there, he can't be there to drop the pages down. I'd have to actually watch it. It's been a while. But at any rate, um, that, that Getty image, to me, the reason it would be on top 
is because that's uh, one of the non-copyrighted. You can hear they couldn't show the the copywritten stuff. You know, and notice that there's an episode missing, episode six. I I wonder if there isn't a copyright reason why that's missing. I I would like it to be because it's conspiracy on a day that uh, Scott messed up on a tattoo, and and I've. I would like to believe that, uh, but I think it's probably something different. You know, there's probably some copyright lawsuit that went on or was proven and they couldn't use it in future stuff and they had to pay somebody out, you know, like that derfed their whole episode. Probably they're pissed about it. Um, but they would have had to reconstruct that stack of papers, if you follow me. The Getty image is the only one that's not copywritten. That's why it was on top. That's why they show you the stack of papers with that on top, but... When we were there, Scott, uh, Jim pointed out, he, he knew Scott, you know, a lot of us kind of travel in different circuits with Scott and him from relatively same area. They different shows, tattoo conventions together. And, uh, he knew of Scott, knew Scott was a good artist and knew Scott was somebody to be feared, you know, as far as getting your chance away from winning. Scott, uh, Jim needed to make it further because of the black and gray he was really good at and still he's really good at black and gray and so he needed to make it to those days and he needed to as i recognized he needed to pull the steam out from underneath scott we probably should have teamed up in some way to kind of work on it better but jim did go around and kind of be like hey did you got did you see uh Scott's portfolio. I said, no. He says, did you see his geometry tattoo? I said, yeah. He says, it was in his portfolio. I was like, oh, that's weird. Where's his portfolio? Everybody had their portfolios up. And we all left them out pr- prior to that. The judges came in and looked at them all and all that. And uh, he says, it's not there anymore. He's, he's taken it out. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's weird, huh? And he says, but I found an image of his portfolio online, like Instagram or something, right? Or maybe it was on his Facebook. He's like, look it. It was that tattoo. I think it had color in it or something. And it was done as poorly. Uh, and they probably would have gave it as good of a uh, review <laughs> like they did that day. The day that they, like, they only mentioned two people. That stuck in my head. Why you only mentioned two people? Couldn't you mention three? I would have been the third, right? Right? You couldn't even give me that, that little bit of that grape peel. <laughs> you like, you don't get no grape seed. You don't get no grape stem. Cucumber monkey. Uh, you get the cucumber. It, um, the shaft, that's what they were giving me. At any rate, <laughs> they, 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 gave, um, they, they gave Scott an awesome critique on his tattoo, but he had done it before. And when you're doing something that you've done before, you're gonna, it's going to be easier. You're going to do it best the second time. Like, I feel bad for you. That's a rookie mistake maybe you shouldn't get. Everybody's going to get a tattoo that day. Don't be the first. If, if there's a lot of you, don't be the last. <laughs> you got, you know, uh, you want to be somewhere in the middle. You don't want to get him when he's tired, and you don't want to get him when he's just trying out the first one. Second time through, he's like, oh, I'm getting this. That, that's, I, this is, I made a mistake here last time. I won't make it here. Um, at any rate. Don't get the same tattoos. <laughs> Just save that. Uh, tattoos are for you to share with the world. Remember that. That's number one. Just always remember that way it frames like what do I get and where, you know, like what do you want to share with who, 
Like you want to share with your lover some things you share that you ain't going to share with the world. Like tattoos are for you to share with the world. Remember that. Originality for Scott. I think I've probably beaten this dead horse enough times. I don't think it mattered so much. It matters to me as an artist. And it was something that we weren't, that most of us weren't trying to do, you know. And had we recognized, maybe more people would have went after him than Jay. But you're always walking this tightrope of like, what do I say back to the judges? You know, they're saying so much. Like you guys see 20 seconds. It takes 10 to 15 minutes to get that. We worked with a director, actually, Hogan. Was it Paul Hogan? I thought it was Hogan. This guy was awesome. Producer on the next one, a guy I liked, we, we got along, but he didn't like, like they, they knew of the world uh, of, of the producers and directors and stuff, and he didn't care for that guy. So I think that there was, there was some kind of animosity, but that, that's a weird world. All those cogs that I got to see of those competing people, like a guy left and he went to VH1's love or hip-hop or love and hip-hop right and they were so elated for him it was a union job these guys were all non-union but everybody's they like that's they could expose that world and make a reality show about those competitions because it's a backbiting kick you off the ladder kind of industry it's more like a hill you know, there's a very narrow, tall hill like an obelisk and everybody's trying to climb it and you have to climb on the shoulders of other people. But you're going to kick people down, too. Like if you can get a hold of an ankle, you're going to pull that ankle down. And and some of those people are, are cool, but not the ones that want to move up the ladder usually, you know, or not even not the ones. Uh, I just mean to say to move up the ladder, it's going to take some, you know, you got to navigate. <laughs> there were some people that were terrible. Like one, there was a producer on there who was a Oh my gosh, she was a cunt. I I I, I kind of got her fired when they found out that I let her get an Ambien uh, sausage. I was having problems sleeping, and I was like, "You want an Ambien?" And he said, "No, that's cool." And she was real quick, like, "I'll take one." And this girl was a fucking cunt. Like she came from Project One Way or something like that. And I guess there, we as contestants or the people like us are treated really poorly. And she was amazed how many, like, uh, amenities we were given. Our phones, we got for two hours every night. And she was like, that's too much. And, and she was mean about it. Like, she would be a cunt to us as a result of rules that, and you're, you know, because they would sequester Project where you don't see any of the other contestants except while you're filming, I guess. I don't know. I, I know that that girl was a bitch, and when they found out, that, it, like, they were asking about her, because they are like, how, what's your opinion on, on how she, because some of the people were, I was bitching, and I was like, she's a cunt, and, and then, uh, you know, it got to, some of the bigger guys finally came up, and was like, what's your opinion on her? I said, she's a fucking cunt, man, and uh, she fucking took an Ambien from me, and all of a sudden, the conversation turned, and he was like, uh, Ambien from you? And I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that, I could have got that bitch fired, huh? Because she just took a drug from me. First off, I could also go to jail probably for her. I don't know. Like, you're not supposed to just be trading prescriptions, right? Uh, so that probably qualifies somewhere in there. I hope I didn't just admit something that's going to put me in the jails. <laughs> uh, you know, I was just trying to be a nice guy and give him ambient when he couldn't sleep, you know. And I didn't want her to have it. I was like, fuck you, bitch, because she was such a cunt. But it did kind of stick in my mind that I had a control over her then because I come from this world where I used to sell drugs, I guess. And, and drugs are controlled, too. So I, I, I kind of did. And I was, you know, I pulled it out when it was when it worked and it worked. She ended up on the line. She didn't we didn't never see her again. She she was a line producer then or something. She like approved monies or something. But, of course, we didn't get as much alcohol then. But I think the alcohol stopped because 
Scott wanted to cuddle girls. Broken individual. <laughs> it was a little funny. He, he just wanted to cuddle. Nothing, nothing dangerous. And they were like, uh, we can't have Scott that drunk anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. You sometimes just say stuff and you're like, man, should I have said that? And then you know that it's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you're like, it, does it make it? But now everybody likes to vilify people so much. Is it going to make the, the this villain out of this guy who is just a flawed individual? You know? Like, so many times we uh, go quick to judgment of just, like, all bad. You know? And there's no, there's no more all bad than there is all good. And you don't know anybody that's all good. You know, you don't, you, you know, people trying to be all good and fucking hats off to them. Hopefully they make it, you know, and then, you know, people like me, they're just trying to make it, <laughs> you know, just trying to understand. Um, but yeah, I kind of feel bad, I guess, about saying that Scott was trying to cuddle the girls. Cause now we're in this world where, uh, where, where people amass such amounts of hatred against behaviors like that that they fail to recognize that sometimes it stems from uh, inadequacy or a trauma you know the very thing that they should be trying to it, 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 <laughs> trying to help or aid you know <laughs> i don't know people are weird we oftentimes hurt our own intentions you know the hippies wanted to do something good for peace, but really they just made it so rich people didn't have to send their kids to war. More poor kids go to war because of it now when when education's priced outside of their means. So, like, hats off, hippies, way to go to end the draft. I'm not saying the draft was good. Don't fucking, everybody want to pin me down to something. I like to float around like a butterfly on my ideas. Uh, I'm an artist. You can't say, I just, I'm just here to comment, okay? I'm just here for the, for the good time. Um... I think I've beaten that horse about Ink Master. I want to ask about the canvases. I've already kind of touched on how I feel about them. Some of them had that dangling carrot, and that's what they used is controls. They liked levers. You know, that whole cog of, uh, like, executive producer, executive director. Like, these, these people, they want controls over everybody, including their staffs. That's what I figured out. You know what I mean? Including their staff. The people they can control the best can rise through the ranks quickest and and the and then the people that they control the best can have the best storylines and they could control me because i can get angry and uh that's the thing that i've really worked on since i don't like getting angry um i'm better about it now i try to remember a lot of stuff you know this person cut me off he's you know he might be on his way to see his mother's in the hospital i don't know might be just got in a fight with his wife he's having a bad day you know he's just taking on the roads and being like an idiot because i've cut people off Usually hatred, anger even, a lot of times it's actually directed inwards so that we're not that person that we have been. You know, you get caught pushing on a pull door, right? Oh, fuck, you feel like an idiot. You look around, everybody saw you. Ah, just swallow that little hatred pill. Fuck all them bastards. One day, you're sitting there drinking some coffee and somebody comes up and they push on that pull door. <laughs> Fucking idiot. You know what I mean? Now you, now all that you can give to him. I've been saving this little diamond of hate for you. <laughs> Hate's one of those gifts you share but don't get rid of. Is that they say something like that? 
I don't know. They say stuff. You know, if, if you go to enough AA meetings, they say stuff. Uh, let's move on. Um, Tattoo Baby was screwed by her master canvas. I, I don't mean screwed by her master canvas. I know a lot of your people's heads went there immediately because Tattoo Baby is who she is. Beautiful young girl. Cute as a button. Man, I met her when, like, I'm an old guy. I don't know. You got to know that. But So I kind of get disengaged from, um, I'm married. I, like I and I'm happy married, you know. So like I'm not involved in so much. Like the one thing the first season is everybody asked me about Tattoo Baby and Hot Rod Alley. Everybody wanted to know about those two girls, and you're like, first off, Hot Rod Alley, you don't even want to look at <laughs> because her husband can't fit through the average door. Man, this guy is a biker from out there in California that is. Uh, I got to meet him and it's like you shake his hand and, you, and your arm disappears, you know, like he shakes your body and you're like, okay, right on. So like, if he's the bouncer at the bar, we're all right. You know, you're not having problems. Um, and, and he's jealous, very jealous as I understood. So like you ain't touching that with a 10 foot pole, uh, tattoo baby. She, I met her when she was, I mean, maybe, I don't even know if she was 18 yet. She must've just turned. Um, because she was tattooing Miami and her name was Kat and she was living through the hell of coming up in an industry with few women that do portraits who, and she did portraits extremely well and her name was Kat. So she was also, uh, at the time, who was it? Kat Von D was the big, if she's, and she was the only female tattoo artist in some people's opinion, and she was the best portrait artist in the world. And here is this very young, very, very pretty, very cute, uh, tattoo baby, 18 years old, something like that in, in Miami, trying to get out from underneath the auspices of, you know, Kat Von D who, who has, in my opinion, right? She's on a show now. Um, her father, uh, disappeared while working for Pablo Escobar. I believe that's how she explained it to me. Uh, and she's been through some hood-ass shit. <laughs> that girl in them red-bottom soles might surprise you about some of her stories. Uh, and she remains, uh, you know, sweet like that and caring like she is, despite having seen some hellacious shit. So hopefully you get a chance to ask her about it sometime. But um, moreover... Uh, she's on a show now because of that. I think it's like, isn't she, she got, had a VH1 show. It was like gangster anchors. I don't know. It was like, is, uh, children of the mob or children of, of something, children of the corn. I don't know. I'm way off now. I know, but God bless her. She's going to do good. Uh, certainly her Instagram is, <laughs> um, going on. Did she get screwed by her canvas? Man, did she ever. I mean, you plan out a tattoo for one person's body and then someone else's body steps in? Yeah, that's bullshit. And should the canvas have done that? I know that it wasn't supposed to fit. He's like, it's just got to fit me, though. And like, no. But understand what the fuck you signed up for, man. This is some girl's life. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, this is, this is important to somebody. I know it's your life, right? But you signed up for this. Like, you made that decision to make it second to her aspirations. And it, when it comes down to it, it just didn't fit your... That's like people ask again, do I like to watch... I don't like watching reality... Reality TV's been changed for me. But I do watch one show, Married at First Sight. 
<laughs> and that's like that married at first sight when they start being not getting what they wanted and what the guy like the girl looks like uh and i, I that's i guess what i live for on that show it's terrible probably to admit jeez kyle you're a terrible human being all right that's why i watch it though sometimes there's a cute couple on there you're like oh this i like this couple man i hope they make it uh but usually you're uh um, i at least the terrible little kyle and me is rooting for them to fail like what kind of idiots do you think you are with all that hubris <laughs> you fucking stupid you're gonna just get, get have some mtv producers try and figure out who your best match is right on i mean they're real good at picking the cast for the real world why wouldn't they be able to pick your best mate <laughs> anyways that's how i feel about the fucking canvas there like dude no you signed on man you signed on that's why, like, I got mad about it. Like, that that dude cost me a hundred thousand dollars. You know, he made on a day when I wanted to excel and everybody was getting to do Day of the Dead beautiful stuff. This guy comes in and he starts telling me right away he don't give a fuck about me winning and losing. Not unless I'm gonna split the money with him. Split. Just how much do you think you're contributing to this fucking enterprise, motherfucker? You know, I got 37 competitions I got to fucking be done with by the time I win this or not. And you're going to say, I got to split it with you. I got to split it with you. I got to split it with all them. I I went to public school. I know what it's like when you bring gum to a classroom. You can't do that shit now. Now, and you don't even get as much now. Or or you do want 50,000. Well, that guy's going to want 50,000. Now I got zero and I only get two episodes into this shit. Come on can't work like that like you signed on that fucker wanted me to do day of the dead he didn't care he says yeah you do whatever you want you just put it under a rib arabic lucha libre mask they <laughs> know that dude is it's like mexican day of the dead like that's a big thing today like they brought chewy quintaro it's fucking uh that's why i was trying i was trying to put some kind of aztec stonework in behind it and that's what they're like it looks like a judge's head all right it's a judge's hair then fucking it looks like it that's what it is you you don't like judge skeletons fucking judge skeleton fuck you man it's my world (laughs) judging on his technical ability not how you fucking see it so that fucker said that one time he's like uh if i put a on a beautiful tattoo, I did a cover-up. I did a cover-up on that girl. On a beautiful tattoo. I love that. T- I still put it on my stuff. I advertise with that tattoo. I'm like, this is a beautiful tattoo. It, it shapes her leg. It, it brings your eye out to her hip. It doesn't just have the focus right in the center or something like that in some kind of weird, awkward spot. And it goes over there, too. It doesn't go over so much to her vagina that it seems imbalanced on one side as though it were a cover-up it seems like it's balanced on her hip and going down her thigh and that fucker's gonna look at it and he's gonna say thing is if she was wearing shorts you wouldn't know what it was <laughs> what the fuck it's like yeah if i'm hiding behind a tent you don't know what i'm wearing like how <laughs> if you seen a quarter sleeve like doesn't that apply to all tattoos name one tattoo that that is so if if uh, if you see a back piece in a half shirt you don't know what the fuck's going on <laughs> does that make sense to anybody well i'm i'm looking at your tattoo and i do like it it's a big back piece here but i'm beginning to think let's just imagine if she was wearing a tank top yeah now you see the problem (laughs) fuck you man they they came up with reasons to make it entertaining 
I love them for it because it, it's it's gotten me to where people even give a fuck to listen to me spout off stupid shit about this uh, on on these recordings. Like I just uh, yesterday, I had people have, have have listened to me talk this kind of stupidity. Maybe not as see. I'm getting more long winded. This is the danger of listening to me. <laughs> oh God, or giving me a platform. But um, so that and that platform is now reached like to. Uh, Australia and Africa and uh, and that's amazing to me because they gave that to me. That's what they did. I necessarily haven't taken advantage of it. Like I'm not this fame chaser. I really wanted to know where I was at inside of tattooing. You know, to me it was like going to um, a karate tournament or a, or a wrestling tournament. You know, like you really you can go to the and wrestle, but until you really go out and test yourself, you don't know where you're at. Like you might think you're better than you are. You might think you're worse than you are. You might be surprised, you know, but I was preparing to go. And every single day on the first season, I would call my wife and I'd be like, I might be coming home tomorrow. <laughs> and then the second time through, it's like, it felt like, why, why? I still didn't feel like the winner. I think Halo was the best. Craig was the winner uh, in my eyes on the first season. And Halo was the winner in the second season. I don't see it any different. I don't, that guy's, and, and the, X-Men Day with fucking them Wolverines was so much proof of that. Like, look at that rogue he did. And then compare that to either one of them rogue, the, the Wolverines. Especially if you look at them now. Did you know that Scott's face on that Wolverine, the one that won that day, is missing? Disappeared? That guy gets tattooed by um, Sarah Miller. He's got some beautiful pieces that the judges hated to see. Because, boy, did they hate Sarah Miller. Another reason they didn't like me. <laughs> It's because I picked to tattoo on Sarah Miller. You should have seen how they went off. Not only um, after I picked her, like how they kind of like questioned me continually about that. But like she's not, she finished as a finale. Why would I pick any one of these other losers? I felt like the only person that's going to give me better insight is going to be the person who's been there before. And she honestly did. And she, and I'm so glad I picked her because she helped me. Uh, at one point, actually, I was doing a color portrait of a very good friend of mine, Dr. Blasphemy. Give him a shout out, man. Fucking Dr. Blasphemy. Love that guy. Carl Murray, Dr. Blasphemy. Um, we're doing a tattoo on my friend Tim Shellbetter on the back of his leg. And I already did the tattoo once, and it turned out okay. But he got a bit of an infection in it. I'm going to say it's because he was traveling. Might have been because we did in the hotel room. <laughs> Might have been me. And I'm pretty sure he was traveling, and he ran into some problems actually on the plane. He wasn't able to take care of it uh, because of the long transit. He's, he's a traveler. He's always traveling, and he did long transit. And since, he's learned how to do things different for himself. So it didn't have the best heel, but it was still all there. You could see it. It just needed to go over. And I didn't use the best color scheme. Right, and I'm looking at it, and uh, and I'm trying to pick up my palette, and we're in New Orleans, and I was t- I was boothing with Sarah, and I was like, Sarah, what do you think about this color? And I asked her about one color, and then she s- turned around, and she just helped me pick the whole palette, and she had such a knowledge of it, and when you're dealing with Sarah, sometimes people have a hard time. You just give give her the reins, you know what I mean? That's probably what's like in the bed with the girl too. <laughs> Like, uh, unless unless she's pulling out the fucking the pegging machine or something like that, just give her the reins, let her go. She's gonna probably want to be on top, okay? Just don't let her choke you and and uh, you know pull any fast stuff. Keep her away from tickling with your butthole, um, or don't. You know, maybe that's what you're into. And I shouldn't say that because she's married. see, I keep doing it. I love that girl so much, and I uh, put my foot in my mouth, Sarah. If you're listening to this, don't listen to this. Um, 
and she's married. She's got a beautiful little baby. And uh, and she's probably not into kinky sex. I'm just saying that she likes to control things, okay? She's a bit of a control freak. So when dealing with Sarah, I just let her pick out every fucking color. She has set them all aside for me. says, use these ones. It was like thir- 13, 14 of them or something. I don't know. It was a bunch of them. Set all that shit up. And that tattoo went so smooth. And still, to this day, one of my best color portraits behind that little uh, Ron, Ron Weasley that I did. Well, it wasn't little. It was a nice big Ron Weasley. I really like that one. Needs a background, probably. And maybe better color choices. Other people do things a little softer than me. I don't know. I like the grit reality. So it ends up being in there. Um, but that, I try to tend away from not doing. Uh, even though I, I'm a cineophile and I love movies. I, I, I get away from doing uh, stars like that. Because some people are so much better than me. I mean, if you really got the love for something, please do come to me, especially if it's one that I got the love for. Like, you want to do anything from The Princess Bride? <laughs> you know what I mean? You want to do anything from The Princess Bride, then uh, let's let's talk. But uh, other than that, you know, I don't have any desire to do everybody's stuff unless you really want me to. Well, am I saying that? That's not true. Yes, I do, because I like to work, okay? Challenge the kid. Have me do it. It's just color portraits aren't what I'm, like, I want to do things that, uh, for me that kind of just come out of me now you know that i kind of create a bit more so i do have this high end on originality i feel like because it, it honestly this is why <laughs> because if i don't i have this huge fear that i will have to keep reproducing what everybody does now you know what everybody does good i'll have to be on the front of tattooing right and tattooing is ever evolving and no i don't want to be on that fucking wave oh my god you're gonna crash and burn you can't keep up with all these kids oh my god if i went back on ink master today i think they would tear me up some of these kids they got so much better i really haven't watched too many episodes because i end up yelling at the mirror man i get i get like trauma or some shit right uh but um so i haven't seen them like but i see excerpts i see bits you know and my wife was watching she watched a lot of them and so I, I end up getting osmosisly, but but they some of these osmosisly <laughs> through osmos I don't know I get it you know from it being part of the culture in my house, um so these kids though they're fucking awesome D- Doug when Josh Payne went on I was almost calling him Doug Payne I grew up with the kid Doug Payne when I was uh when Josh was going on I was like that kid's if he doesn't win I was going to be pretty surprised and again I didn't watch that season I guess he was supposed to be kind of a dick which i know him to be a dick personally so it wasn't surprising to me that he might be hated like that but that guy is like that's who should have won that season juan salgado is awesome but josh Payne can do everything and he loves to do everything and he loves like that like he has a passion for tattoos beyond others i think and, and for art you know about putting your ideas on stuff that guy is 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 spot on uh i like him a lot we we get along really good together. Uh, it's like we both realize that our, we're terrible individuals, but we don't feel so bad about that because we actually feel most people just don't realize how shitty they are. And because we realize it, we imagine or judge ourselves to then be better than other people. Does that make any sense? Sorry. I had to finish off that coffee, man. That thing's getting cold. It was delicious too back when it was good, when it was warm. But I've been talking too much about all this stupid stuff. Uh, you know, uh, trying to. I think I've answered maybe two questions. Scott's originality, t- 
tattoo babies, um, tattoo babies, uh, canvas screwing over how I feel about canvases actually too. Uh, and, and what got me into art was, was just, it's what gets anybody into anything actually. What got me into art? Let me tell you a story about Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Not that Stevie Wonder got me into art, but man, is he awesome. Love that guy. But at any rate, uh, story goes that he used to sit in the back of the classroom because there was no need or, you know, for him to sit in the front. He couldn't see. Uh, and he could hear really good. He had really you know, good ears because he couldn't hear. That's what he used to you know, interact with the world around him. Obviously, look where it's led him, but possibly would not have led him if it weren't for the day that his rat got lost inside, not his rat, but the school's rat, the classroom rat got lost inside of the classroom. And so the teacher instructed everybody. They couldn't find it for anything that they could do. Everybody with their eyes failed. They just couldn't find it. All the kids scampering about making such a clutter. I bet that thing dug down and hid good, right? And so uh, they were like, all right, here's what we're going to do. Everybody get in your, in your seat and be fucking motionless you little shit shut the fuck up okay we got little stevie going off here with his ears and stevie gets out there with little sonar detecting ears and listens and hears something and he follows it and he goes and they end up finding the rat he gets praised by his teacher that day for his unique and special ability with his ears and lo and behold, his, his career is using those ears to translate emotion to the rest of the world. And he's possibly one of the best people to ever do it. My opinion. Uh, there ain't too many better songs than, like, to wake up to in the morning than I wish. <laughs> right? Or is it just wish? I don't know the names that good. And uh, maybe it's not even supposed to be part of my culture, but I fucking love me some Stevie Wonder. I like wedding music. That's what I like. I like wedding music. I like Gogol Gold Bordello. That stuff sounds like wedding music to me. It just sounds like wedding in fucking Ukraine, but uh, them gypsy punks, you familiar with them? Start wearing purple, wearing purple. Start wearing purple for me now. All your sanity. Anyways, it goes on. They're fucking beautiful. Love those guys. Uh, it sounds like it's a wedding to me. Have you ever been to American Wedding? Where's vodka? Where's marinated herring? Where's the supply that's going to last three days? Uh, anyways, I should stop talking about the awesome, awesome go-go bordello, Gypsy Punks. No, I shouldn't. I want to say their name is enough time that it's in your head that more people listen to the Gypsy Punks uh, because they're fucking awesome. Uh, they're just such good, happy music. Anyways, and Stevie Wonder, of course. Um, I like I like wedding music. I like music that gets me happy. At the same time, I grew up on heavy metal like only stuff that was allowed for for you to still be a man <laughs> be cool you know if it had long hair and earrings associated i was in it <laughs> it's funny how i was actually in my opinion i was probably more drawn to fashion almost at some point i mean there was good music in this genre but at some point i would like the fashion more than the and, and then i find that that's probably true with all things with everybody except for those who purposely try to look beyond that you know and that's where i find you know uh what i don't know jack white uh the rockin' tours um red red thread white thread white line white stripes <laughs> something like that 
those bands. Uh, anyways, pontificating about canvases and why they suck. It's because they're controlled. They give all the all the producers need these levers, and they use them. And uh, it's they're they're making conspiracies for you. It's, like it's for entertainment. That's what I just got. I keep just coming to. It's for entertainment, so it don't even matter. Imagine if you're a judge on there, right? You're going to pick your top five in the first couple of challenges, you know, and you're just going to keep either proving to yourself that you are right or that you are wrong, and that that might whittle it down to top three or four, right? Pretty easily, you're going to always have a front runner too, unless that slightly changes between one or two of them. Well, all those other characters, those 11 other characters out of those, you know, 16 – well, they're just fodder to make an entertaining show. And remember, if this show isn't entertaining, what fucking good is it? You don't have a paycheck next week. I like making $5,000 uh, an episode, $10,000 a week. That's what they're thinking. So do I want to keep doing this gig? Oh, yeah. I hope they never find my MySpace. I want to do this forever. They're happy to do it. Nunez acted like he was going to quit. He, he called me and we talked on the phone. He acted like he was going to quit. He, he didn't quit. He went on for several seasons. He was really disappointed about how that went down with me, supposedly. I think he was more disappointed that they didn't let him know how how uh, angered I was. And they themselves are pushing that. I don't think that was him saying it. That's why I call him a bitch, because he, he didn't have his words in his mouth. He was a bitch. You know, but for $5,000 an episode, $10,000 a week, I'm, fuck, I'll be your bitch. I ain't going to fault the guy for that, you know? Like, dude, that's a lot of money. That's good money for some easy-ass work, you know, where you get treated like a star. You can sexually harass the help. Um, they're going to pay for it. Uh, you, you can, uh, you know, you can treat it like it's your own. You can go down to the Atlantic City every week, and he would talk about going to Atlantic City all the weekends. You can get cocaine delivered straight to your double tree. You know, get chocolate cookie at the Double Tree. Go right upstairs, do a couple lines of coke on a hooker. Go down and see what kind of crappy ass tattoos all these stupid ass ink masters give you, and make it entertaining, damn it. Because if it ain't, you ain't got shit. It's to make it entertaining. And if they didn't, I wouldn't have shit. Notice T.J. Tamby was on best. If they didn't make it entertaining, it would have been best ink. That show, do you even remember it being there? Like, I don't even see it anymore. Was It It wasn't that good. It wasn't entertaining. It wasn't entertaining enough, right? They didn't push the drama like they do on Ink Master. And it's been unfortunate. Remember, I mean, as I watched the viewership, you could kind of see, as the fans, you could see them change. You know, just by because I travel so much. And I see this wide cross-section of people who all want to come take a picture with the kid. And they all want to question, right? I've been, I've been canvassing this fucking country like a goddamn politician for the past, I don't know, seven years. Is that how long it's been? Somebody right, was like, oh, fuck Kyle, are you going to give it up, man? Fucking Ink Masters like 20 years ago. I don't know how long it is, but I'll tell you how, when I'm going to give it up. Never. You know what I mean? You think Tom Brady doesn't remind you of all his Super Bowl rings? You know, you'd be like, he's won the Super Bowl. And he's like, nah, seven. Or, I, don't, I don't know how many won. I'm not in football. But you don't think that they fucking, like, listen, that was a big part of my or any artist that was involved with its life. If you're mad about it, I bet you wasn't on it. <laughs> and I bet it wasn't for not trying out. Or I bet it wasn't for not wanting to be. Quit trying to steal some fucking thunder. Go make your own, motherfucker. Uh, yeah, and I had to have people do it for me, man. I can't 
ever create something as majestic, as huge, as uh, fantastic as that Ink Master. You know, it was a fucking team of people. It was teams of people. It was budgets and money, fucking producers and things you don't even think about, you know? Things you don't even know. People, like, things that make that, that world turn. Like, uh, and these guys got controls over them. They got levers. They pull them for the canvases. The canvases get what they deserve. Uh, most things in life, we all get what we deserve. You know, mercy is when we don't get what we deserve. Uh, justice is when we do. And, man, sometimes justice is not good. Sometimes it's fine. Um, as long as it's just. As long as you're just, I don't know how that works out. What I do know is, uh, fuck them motherfuckers. If you're a canvas going on there, you know. And if you if you screw up somebody like my opportunity, man, it's hard to forgive you for that. Like, like I met that guy that came on the redemption, and I ended up yelling at him. That little wrestler, that fucking wanted to, he, who ruined my chance of getting by on a black and gray day on a day that I love doing black and gray. And he ruined my chance to compete with these guys, right? And so he comes back on so I can get redemption. What they don't mention is that he wrestled that weekend that I gave him the tattoo against my instructions. He's like, what should I do in the ring this weekend? I'm like, in the ring this weekend? You shouldn't be in the ring this weekend. It's not what you do with tattoos. If you heard my care instructions, you know, that's not You don't take a baby to a fucking wrestling ring, okay? Come on, <laughs> you know. Uh, so this guy, um, he says, "No, nah, it's not a possibility. It's got." He says, "What I think I can do, I was going to suggest. I just, I usually wear. He's a fat guy, so he can't get anything to stick around his fat ass without his fucking big old leotards. So he's got to have his leotards on there, and he's got to have them strapped up with a with a strap, that kind, right? But sometimes he says he would." Uh, Andre the Giant, it. Remember Andre the Giant sometimes had that one strap or he would take one strap off? So sometimes he'll pop that strap off. He says that's what he'll probably do. He'll just tuck it down into the other side of his tights. Keep his, keep his, his shit up over his fat ass still. And then, uh, but then it won't be rubbing on it. And I'm like, well, actually, I don't know. Maybe being on it would be more protection. You got some other sweaty fat bastard beating you up, throwing you into some dirty ring ropes. Is that... You know, like, I don't know. I don't know what you should, you shouldn't wrestle. You can't, you got to call it off or whatever. That's all I can tell you. And he's like, no, that's not a, ch so I'm just like, fuck it. I don't give a fuck though, right? I'm just doing the tattoo for the day. And you notice there's a difference for people to do those tattoos on there. So they do tattoos. And if I do a tattoo, and they've, they've chastised me for doing it. They're like, it's too dark. It's going to lighten up. Tattoos lighten up. That's what they do. And they're like, yeah, we've heard that before. They said that that day. And then I come back on that show. And what did I come back on that show Redemption for? Because it lightened up. You know, like, I said that to him in the interview. Isn't it ironic that we're here after fucking you, you guys laughed when I said it was going to lighten up? He's like, well, we laughed because everybody says that. And I was like, yeah, you know why? <laughs> like, still, it doesn't make you the smart guy. It makes you the ignorant one. Look at why we're here, motherfucker. And why did I have a problem with him? Well, I saw him outside the line. He he made it to the finale. He's been on the show before. He was on the... He got the really crappy stock by Tattoo Baby on the gun day when she was drinking so much Coca-Cola, I guess, that she almost dehydrated. It was a bad day for her. She didn't do a great job. She put a little puppy dog on his stock and uh, of his gun. <clears throat> wasn't his stock. He did. He wasn't out nothing. He just wanted to have something cool from the show. At any rate, so uh, 
he ends up being a returning guest. He's at the finale. He sees me outside. He said, Kyle, I'm really sorry I did that to you. I watched your storyline. I loved it. I, I was rooting for you the whole time. I wish I hadn't done that. I think you had a chance if you hadn't. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, what do you say? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry that you were a dick to me too, man. I'm sorry about it. And he's like, well, you think you can touch up this tattoo though? And I'm like, I look at it. He shows me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it looks pretty light. It does look light. And he's like, yeah. And it's like, well, what happened with that wrestling match? He's like, wrestling match? I was like, I have to remind him. I'm like, well, you wrestled that weekend. He's like, oh, yeah, well, I don't know. It went over good. I don't know. I did it, you know. I'm like, right on. He didn't even remember, like, that I told him not to or didn't seem to make any allusions to it. We left it at that. He emailed me. We worked out where I was going to tattoo him and all this stuff, and then we got to the deposit for, you know, and the, and the remainder. And I gave him a hell of a fucking deal for driving all the way out to fucking New York. And paying $750 for a table at a tattoo convention and paying uh, about the same for a hotel that weekend. And then the pricey New York food. We were out and going out to Westchester. So it was pricey New York food and all that kind of stuff. And I was, I was giving him a hell of a fucking deal. <laughs> hell of a deal. Oh, my God. And he was like, well, why would I give a deposit on a tattoo that's free? And I'm like, oh, no. He thinks it's free. So then we go back and forth. And he says to me, that's okay. I've got other ways to get you to tattoo me. See you later. What? So now I'm going on the show, and the producers are asking me, who do you think it is? And I'm saying, well, because I know who you guys are, and what you like to put on there, and what you think you want from me, I bet it's that Puerto Rican motherfucker who don't like Mexicans. They're like, well, you can't say that. Because they're trying to, they're filming it. <laughs> and I'm like, he was racist against Mexicans. He didn't want any Mexicans. He says fucking Puerto Rican. I was like, there's got to be some similarities. We'll put them on there, right? Like, I don't know. Uh, so they, they explain, you know, or didn't explain. They, they went on to ask, what do you, well, I mean, it, it, if it was him, what do you think? I was like, what do you think? I mean, I, I think I can't get redemption by going and fixing his fuck up. And I think he already reached out to me and it would just make me his bitch if I were to tattoo him. So if he's there, we'll probably end up yelling at each other. And if, since he's a wrestler, it might come to fight. And they were like, oh, ha, ha, no, it wouldn't do that, would it? And I'm like, man, that's funny. That's the same thing, you guys, how you treated me when you asked me what it was going to be like when I saw Nunez. And I told you, and you guys are like, oh, but that isn't going to happen, right? And you seem to think that by imposing your own fantasy over my admission of how I was feeling and my intentions, uh, you you seem to imagine that you just made it all magically go away. Or like, no, not. And then he showed up. And I, I was like, oh, I like, like this guy. I actually called up my friend Carl, Dr. Blasphemy. And he, he, I was like, dude, I want to call him a jabroni, but is there anything better? He said, call him a curtain jerker. That's why I call him a curtain jerker. I don't know so much about the wrestling world, but I guess the curtain jerker, uh, you definitely know. He says, don't even mention jabroni. He says, that's too mainstream, Kyle. Call him a curtain jerker. That's some backroom locker shit that will really, that will hurt him. And so what does everybody ask me about that, too? It's like curtain jerker. I wish I had a better definition for it. If you want the definition for curtain jerker, uh, look up Dr. Blasphemy. He's heavily involved on his on his Instagrams and all that. DM the kid. 
He'll tell you what a curtain jerker is. Maybe he can make an interview for me. Or, excuse me, a, an audio somewhere and, and just have it so I can be like, this is a curtain jerker. This is what a curtain jerker is. By the dictionary of Dr. Blasphemy. He's a doctor, so so you kind of just got to trust him. You know, what else can you do? He's a doctor. Uh, I wanted to talk about Mr. Lilly and how I got into art and people who have been influential on my art career. Uh, there's Mrs. Robinson in elementary, and we got along great. And so when I was going to high school, I was really looking forward to having art class. And so I was going to be on time because, uh, uh, you know, I don't wake up so good. A lot of times I'd made it elementary. Okay. But man, I was going to be on time, every, but I missed the first day of school. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I missed the whole first day. I think I, I might've just been kind of punk rock about it. I don't know. I might've just been like fucking first day. We're we just going to get our classes and shit. Fuck that. So, uh, the next day I show up to art class first hour and I'm greeted, you know, Mr. Lily, who, uh, I've gr- grown to love. A man who has really influenced me. And one of, in the grace, he didn't even know how he influenced me. Kind of. <laughs> in the long run. How how much, maybe, he influenced me the very first day I met him. Because he had me stand in front of the class and he explained that everybody yesterday, on the first day of class, they got up and they explained what art was. They gave their definition of art. And so today, that was what I was going to have to do too in front of the whole class. I was going to have to tell this classroom full of, as a freshman, I was going to have to cl- tell this classroom full of seniors and sophomores and juniors I was going to have to tell them all what art was. And uh, that's that was uh, not an easy, like, you're like, that's not easy just to stand up in front of class first first hour and have to stumble over it. Well, art is like a drawings and uh, uh, paint, paintings, of course. But really, it's like uh, sculptures. And really, I guess I never thought about it books huh i just stumbled i look like such an idiot i felt like such a swamp ass i needed to like go get one like some toilet paper make a fucking tampon for my butt crack um this is a rough day and it since i got it so wrong it's turned over in my head every every day almost for so long it's just always been a constant thought right because of that humi- humiliation <laughs> And that getting it wrong, I've always wanted to relive that moment. And I've always replayed it in my head. And it's always been a constant question for me. Uh, uh, it became a pursuit. It's what is art? Uh, and and uh, and I work on several theories of what art is now. And one day I get to go to Mr. Lilly's classroom because they're having career day. And he says, hey, the thing is, uh, we don't get a lot of artists. <laughs> you know, it's not a big field. But one of my students is it is an artist so i've got a comic dr- guy that draws comics wasn't one of his students but he also had me who was a tattoo artist and he says why don't you come out this is before i was on the ink master show and he said why don't you come out and tell the kids about it and so i came out and i gave them the watered down version of like how'd you get into tattoos and uh you know i was like um you know i didn't i said not drugs that's what i told him i said it wasn't from selling my tattoo artist drugs so get that out of your mind it was hard work and perseverance it was hard work and perseverance, but there was also, I used to sell them weed. Um, and then uh, they asked, well, what classes should I take, you know, in college and stuff to become a tattoo artist? And I was like, well, I didn't graduate high school. So I also, I didn't tell them that either. Actually, I held that part back. I was just like, you know, business, I guess, really isn't a bad one. Because if you're going to want to know how to run your business, if you're going to be a tattoo artist, you are your own industry. So you might want to know. Uh 
I told them, though, about this story, how Mr. Lilly made me stand up in front of the class and how he asked me what art was, so that then I could preface how that changed. And now my understanding of art is actually anything that is the result of the act of creation is art. And it can be judged as good or bad. It can even be judged as art or not art. Either way, it's still going to be art to someone. Like, there's, it's more like a Jeff Foxworthy question, you know? Like, uh, if people are fucking, if they hate it, it might be art, <laughs> you know? If people love it, it might be art. If people talk about it, it might be art. It, it sh- art inspires conversations. It, it inspires dialogue. Um, art can end conflict. You know, people like Banksy's do art on such a high level. I feel tattoos is kind of a lower level, but it works too on such a broad, like so personal. Like uh, it's hard to get a message out broadly to a large group of people, you know? And by the time it gets out to them, it's watered down or it could be not the same, right? But so art can do that. Art, a song, a painting, like Banksy's art, it really does it on a big, broad scale. Like, you get it. Like, he's throwing a mocked-off cocktail, but it's a bouquet of flowers. Okay, he's a fucking hippie. I get it. Spread spread love. <laughs> you know, I, so, like, that's big art, in my opinion. Like, that's a high, high-end art. And uh, it should be a, it should be beyond priceless. But what I do, it, it, thankfully, it has a price. It, it pays for my, my kids' food. Um, so... What I do, though, is I create conversations uh, with people, and hopefully those conversations are open-ended, and they allow the people to then talk. You have more pull, more influence, more understanding when two people talk than when groups do. So in that, I also find this, this great beauty of, like, of, of high esteem, of honor for what I do. I'm in charge with somebody's exterior, and that exterior determines many things in their life you know if we know that there can be the difference um in, in somebody by the by you know if they wear glasses or not if they've got straight or crooked teeth and that can determine trajectories of their lives then certainly tattoos no different you know money over bitches on a guy's throat you tattoo that on him guess what he ain't got neither money nor yup pumping di- pumping dishes he's pumping uh, gas he's washing dishes He's not got any good bitches. Uh, at any rate, feng shui for the body. Mr. Lily uh, stops me and explains, man, I really messed up this story. I'm really, we're wandering through a whole a whole forest of, of, <laughs> of indirect conversation, of terrible, I apologize, that's what I'm saying. I'm not being the most uh, pithy today. But anyways, Mr. Lilly explained to me that in his history of teaching art, only once did he ever ask a student to explain what art was to the, to the classroom. This is only you, Kyle. This is, I was just kind of doing it to be a dick, you know. <laughs> you missed the first day. That's kind of disrespectful. So I went ahead and had you tell everybody what art was. But that's that moment actually it made me, man. It made me. It made me study it made me question so much of what art is and it made me have an understanding like you can lie and that's an art. You know what I mean? A good crafted lie, the cat can be an art. Now I see art in everything, you know. Thought acted out on, 
is kind of art, you know. It can be art. Even buildings and chairs, you know. There's an art to uh, to stocks, right? There's an art to MMA. There's an art to Kung Fu. Kung Fu, these are arts, right? They're the act of creation. They're endeavors. They have a result. They can be judged good or bad. But moreover, that I think is what we should pay attention to than questioning whether something is art. That It makes more sense to me to say, that's shitty art, you know? My opinion. And you get to have an opinion. That's the nice thing about art. Someone can't really be like, no, you're wrong, man. No, you can argue you're wrong for you or whatever. You feel it's valid because of these reasons. But, you know, fucking probably wrong. Just, I know. I know everything. I'm the judger of art for me. You're the judger. What is it? Beauty is in the beholder, so is art. Or in the eye of the beholder, so is art. Art is in the eye of the beholder. That's where it's at. And uh, a couple other guys there, too. There's Arthur. There's, uh, I'm kidding. I don't know why I thought that would be a funny joke. It's not. Um, I think I'm. I think I'm getting to the end <laughs> of this of this uh, episode. Candy told me to stretch it out, and I will apologize for bouncing around. I will also thank you guys for having uh, so many questions and sending them to me. The way you're sending them is good. I, I'm going to try and put a Reddit together. Someone's told me about putting a Reddit together, and uh, then you can possibly ask me questions there. I want to do phone calls. I think I already explained that. So if you want to um, call me. <laughs> no, if you want to tell me what to call or who to call and what questions you would want answered from them, that would help me figure out uh, who I want to call, you know. And I don't know everybody, too, so, like, I apologize. I may not be making uh, that call. Like, if it's, like, number one and it's, like, somebody I don't know, though, I'm going to want to know them before I'm just like, hey, uh, I'm going to give you, I don't know, actually, maybe I could, huh? Maybe that's how we get to know them. Oh, wow, would that be fun for you? Uh, to get to know, to get to see me getting to know another artist, probably not. Hey, uh, one of these days too, we're gonna tell you about how we got into tattooing. Fun story. Again, I told you it did kind of. We're gonna give you the true story, not the not the uh, the career day story. And uh, we're also gonna tell you some funny stories, the craziest things that have happened in a tattoo shop. It's a standard question that I would ask. If I, and if I ask any of these ink masters, I'm asking them the same thing. Some crazy shit happened in a tattoo shop during your career. And it's crazy. And sometimes it gets replaced by like the next craziest story. And hopefully it gets embellished until it gets better and better and better. But there are a few. Uh, like the time the girl uh, <laughs> came in. I was asked by Oh Shit once. You ever met that kid? Oh Shit asked me, what's the craziest shit ever happened? And I learned that's the best question to ask a tattoo artist. What's the craziest shit ever happened tattooing? And uh, this girl come in one time, and my the guy who cut my grass was in there. He's a good friend. Dwayne was there. And uh, he was there to vouch for it all. And I was doing a tattoo on this really sweet girl that uh, was like seven foot tall. Dude, this girl's seven foot tall bruiser with sweet face and this high-pitched voice that you were like, I don't believe it. She said you used to fuck around on the CBs. Her voice did not match her body at all. So this girl had a duck to come in my fucking door, man. And she was a sweetheart. She worked at a, like the Speedway or something just as a cashier. Um, so I'm 
tattooing, I don't get to see so much of, of what's going on up in the lobby. It has to be explained to me that when this girl came in, she started kind of flirting with Dwayne right away. It might have seemed maybe a little drunk, but not out of control at all, right? But the guy that she came in with, she was pretty obviously like a stripper, right? And the guy she came in with was pretty obviously not a stripper's boyfriend, <laughs> but more of a, like, yeah, I pay her enough money, and then I screw her in a hotel room. <laughs> okay, so when I say a stripper, maybe I should say she wasn't so much a stripper as like a whore that also stripped. <laughs> That's what she probably was. So anyway, she comes in, and she starts kind of flirting with Dwayne a little bit. And then she says, oh, he's just money. And she's like purposely trying to pull her titties out and stuff. And, and my wife is going to tattoo her. She wants to get this like tiger claw, like a scratch. And she wants to get it. She's like, I don't know. Do you think I should get it on my chest? And she just pulls her top down and then leaves her top down. Leaves it down. <laughs> like, And they're like, no, nah, I mean, if you want it there, we can put it there. I think it's kind of big on your chest and it don't fit. You know, like maybe we make it shape your chest a little bit more. And she's like, well, what about, you know, my thigh? And Kenny's like, yeah, your thigh would probably be great. And this girl's still got her titties out. <laughs> so, uh, she when she got back there to get tattooed, me and Candy were tattooing in the same booth that day. And uh, the big booth we had set up. So there's plenty of room. And I'm back there tattooing that big girl. And Dwayne came back just to watch. He was like, I, was, I wasn't not being a part of this, man. And she went out to the car, though, with the money dude. And when she came back in, she was fucked up. Like staggering on the way to the chair. And Candy had to kind of think, like, man, I don't know. She already took the money. Like, like, I don't know if I should tattoo this girl. Like, I don't even know how anybody could get that drunk that quick. She didn't. What we found out she was doing was state all. She actually went, uh, she didn't end up getting tattooed because she ends up talking about, um, well, my wife starts tattooing. Gets a stencil on her, has a hard time doing that because the girl keeps <laughs> spreading her legs open. She's putting this tattoo on the outside of her thigh. And for some reason, this girl keeps on just spreading the old cooch. And uh, the girl that I'm tattooing uh, is just, like, finding this to be the best, right? She she thinks it's awesome. Dwayne's having a good time. My wife's having a hell of a time. And, uh, you know, trying to get this girl to shut her fucking whore legs just to put the stencil on her, ta on her fucking leg. And when she finally gets it on and then starts tattooing, the girl immediately, like, goes, huh. Ah. And, like, starts rubbing her titty. And Candy's like, whoa, you can't be moving around like that. And she's like, oh, it's okay. And then she starts tattooing her again. And the hand moves down to the fucking crotch and starts going after little man in the boat. <laughs> Shit you not. She started trying to rub one out in my wife's chair. My wife just stood back and was like, uh, jaw just drop. <laughs> you know? Just like, uh, long, loud, audible, uh, what, what's going on? here we're not gonna be you can't do that while i'm tattooing you and then the girl starts making some excuses about you know being a little buzzed up or something and uh yeah she ended up trying to do it again we were just like nah that's it's over actually what she did she got mad because we were telling her she couldn't <laughs> and then i mentioned something about girl you, you like fucked up on drugs or something you shouldn't be uh maybe, maybe you should be going to some na or aa or so. i said some kind of you know snide remark and she picked up my wife's light and then slammed it on the ground kind of like she was making a statement you know and we we're like all right quit fucking with our equipment get the fuck out you're done 
We found out the next day, because she still had the stencil on, she went to get tattooed from a friend in town. And he called us up and was like, hey, you don't mind if I do this tattoo, right? Because, like, I guess she's not. And we were like, no, we we kept the fucking money. <laughs> we got, you know, she got hers. She got what she wanted. <laughs> she she got, you know, her worth. Like, if we let her rub it out, we would have charged at least a 1000 you know? So she got her, her little windshield wiper, one, two. <laughs> we figure it was like $75 each swipe. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. that was my crazy story. That was a crazy story. I guess there's, it, it goes on. There's not many times that you don't, you work in a tattoo shop, stuff happens. Sometimes somebody just runs out of the woods in your back, sees you there, nods at you. I used to live right by my tattoo shop, so my dogs were out there. And uh, then, then, you stand in amazement as he continues to run into the street and gets hit by a fucking semi. Like, what the fuck? He just ran out into a semi. He ran out at the end of the semi, I should say. He caught the tail end of it, like that little bumper thing that catches out, but it spun him around like a fucking top, like a ballerina, like he was on ice skates or something. And then slammed him to the ground. Cops show up. He run from a hit and run. Ran through all the fucking swamplands behind the shop from one road to the other. Must have thought that it wouldn't have been. Damn cat, you can't eat that. You can't. That's my that's my headphone, Joe. Uh, run from the other and just to catch that fucking. So shit happens. Anyways, I think that's, that's got to be enough, right? Candy said, talk forever and I'll work it out. So if you guys want me to be more to the point, maybe I'll practice a little bit better in the future. I'm going to keep doing this, though, because it's fucking blast. This is a blast just to see uh, things light up in different countries. Like when someone downloads me in fucking Australia, I'm like, ha ha, there's more idiots than just me. There's people as stupid as me because I would download me too, I guess. So like I figure, no offense, but you must be low of some sort if you go to download me. I know the kind of company I keep, (laughs) the kind of company I attract. But if you're low like me, then I love you, man. That's... I'm in with my people, you know. I'm I'm grimy like that. All right. Uh, signing off. I don't know. I gotta get something to like say goodbye. I feel like I need a jingle. <laughs> you know, I need a little intro, uh, and I need a little jingle just to be like, oh, you know, what? if I could just push this button, it'd be easier because people would know. Just be like, bye. So, but other than that, you know, bye. <laughs>